Sexy Marriage Radio. Welcome back. We're glad you're here. This is Dr. Corey Allen with Gina Paris, where we are talking about married sex, of all things. One of my favorite things. Absolutely. Not and, an oxymoron. And if you can find us, I don't know why I would ask that as a question, but you can find us at sexymarriageradio.com. And we'd love to hear from you. Send us an email at feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. We'll call our feedback line, which is available 24-7 everywhere in the world, by calling 615-56-SEXY-6. Absolutely. So, Gina? Yes, sir? We've got a question. I know. This is a good question. And this is, I guess this relates to the sex topic because this is one of the consequences of sex. Sometimes this is the goal of sex. Sometimes it is, because sex ultimately, I guess, could be about procreating the species. <laughs> or building a family, you dork. <laughs> no, let's stay, let's stay all highfalutin. <laughs> Come on. Procreation <gasps> sex. Procreation. <laughs> but the question is, what do you do with kids in that whole arena of marriage? Because yeah. there's obviously... You know, there's some people that want to ha have kids. There's some people that don't want to have kids. And sometimes those those two people marry each other. Yeah, that's, that's something. So specifically, here's the question. Yes. So, and I'll just read, kind of paraphrase this. But it's, the, it's not really the sex topic, but having kids involves sex. So our, our listener noticed that Pam and I waited longer to have kids, which is true. We waited 12 years. Mm -hmm. And yet... <laughs> We waited one and a half. You and Paul waited less. <laughs> <laughs> so, so she wants to hear how was the decision to have kids, if there was any, what's important to consider before having kids and not to fall into the, I want to have kids because everyone else is having kids, mm -hmm. which that's something that Pam and I faced. Sure. And then also the simple you know, is it it's time reasons or the biological clock? And then how do you deal with the fact that sometimes spouses aren't on the same page with kids? Right. And then how do you deal with the, the pressure to make those decisions? How do you deal with the depression, the pressure to have sex because it's ovulation time versus, you know, so there's all kinds of factors when it comes into procreation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then what happens to your sex life after you have children? Oh, yeah. That's another big one. Mm -hmm. Nothing for six weeks, as far as intercourse. Six, six weeks. Hey, let's go biological, according some to the medical. Some of us, it was six months. That's well, why I'm here to help. There you go. So that brings up a lot of different questions that Madness. that are worth discussing at a deeper deeper level. Because I know for Pam and I, we waited largely because Pam wasn't interested, mm -hmm. not in sex, in kids. Right. So that's something that I knew going in because we had had that discussion before we got married that, you know, she wasn't interested in being a mother right off the bat. And did she did she know that she would. Did you go in knowing you might never have a family? No, because she I think she had an interest and I'd have to oh, talk okay. to her again about this to to kind of pick her brain again, because that was a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. But it, it's one of those I knew she we were interested in a family, but we weren't interested in it right away. Mm -hmm. And she specifically wasn't interested in it right away. So 
I knew most most likely if we were going to have kids, it was going to be when she was interested. You know, it right. was when she came to me and said, you know, hey, let's start talking about having kids. And the way it kind of unfolded that that's kind of exactly what happened is mm -hmm. it was we were just going along together. And then it was finally, you know, hey, we're at the age that if we want to have kids, I don't want to, you know, go to their graduation for high school and college in a wheelchair and a walker because I'm 90. You know, let's let's have some time right. where we can enjoy life with them gone without us being, you know, decrepit and unable to enjoy life. Yeah. So that's that's kind of how it unfolded and for us it was a huge plus to wait that long. Exactly. Because it made us better people. We had experienced a whole lot of life and had gone through a whole lot of hell in marriage oh, by that point. Yeah. And so yeah. it, we didn't have the external pressures of kids and do we stay together just for them and all that? Because, you know, we actually hit the point of, you know, this is over, I think. We got to yeah, do, we gotta do some work. Yeah, that's interesting because I felt like we did too. But I remember thinking, no way in hell am I going to be a single mom. Yeah. So I thought, and this one premise that I hold to with great conviction is that you can fall in love with anybody. So I just figured I might as well fall in love with the one that I had this little baby with. <laughs> we already were married. Yeah. There's, there's added factors involved. Yeah. But I asked Paul last night cause I knew we were going to talk about this question or we were going for a walk or something the other day. And I said, you know, if we could do it over, would you want to wait longer, you know, before we had the kids? Mm -hmm. And he said, oh, man, you know, he said, I don't know, because it was so financially tight, you know, mm -hmm. that it, some of that made it hard. And he said, but right now, he said, I wouldn't trade it for anything. I love that we're so young with our teenagers. Mm -hmm. And so I think you kind of you. It's like anything that a great leader does. You, we don't always make the right decision. We make a decision and we make it right. Mm -hmm. So it's so good, though, to be able to ask all those questions. Because I never pictured myself a mother of babies. I pictured myself a mother of teenagers. <laughs> <laughs> How did you biologically do that? I never, I never thought about it. When they put that little baby in my arms, I about had heart failure. Yeah. So thankfully, Paul's mom had a baby when he was 15. So he was Mr. Maternal. Okay. You know. Gosh, yeah, and again, the, I, I think we're but what we're both saying since we kind of come at this from different perspectives yeah. is there's not a right way to do there's this. Not. It's it's whatever works for your circumstance or whatever your circumstance is because sometimes kids enter the picture when you're not planning. Yeah, I mean that's a reality because that if you're gonna is. have sex, you mm -hmm. have the chance of having a child. That's just a reality. Yeah, this might be too much information, but. When I got pregnant the third time, I remember running to the calendar. I mean, like from the bed and running to the calendar in panic. Because I would like kind of record when I was menstruating and I just freaked out. Like, you with your no self-control can't even put on a condom. <laughs> you know, now we're going to have a baby. And I went like the next week to have a blood test. Oh, not even late or anything. They said, are you at least a week late? I said, yes. And I was pregnant and I was so mad. I mean, I'm storming to the doctor's office, just ticked off. And, and I'm sitting there, my heart's just pounding, thinking, I don't know what I'll do if I have another baby right now, which God knows, I didn't know it was twins till he was, they were born, but I'm sitting there 
in the doctor's office waiting room and I look down and here's a little baby in a pumpkin seat, you know, a little car carrier and my entire physiology, every single cell in my body shifted. And I looked at that baby and I thought, if I am not pregnant, I am going home and getting pregnant next month. (laughs) Isn't that bizarre? So for the moms or, you know, for the, there's, there's no, I mean, I did fall into postpartum depression when it was twins and I was so overwhelmed, but still they've been so delightful. So there, like we're saying, there's just, sometimes it's not planned. Sometimes it's planned. And another thing too, that specifically was asked in the question is what do you do when you're not on the same page and realize you're not going to be exactly on the same page Exactly, because the high desire, low desire fits in this arena as well. Absolutely. That one of you wants children and the other may will not want children as much. (laughs) It's just a reality. So you have to come to grips with the difference. Well, you know what? I think it helps. So when you're having these conversations about the children to find out what's the, what is the fear? Is it, well, what's the fear of what's being given up to the low desire spouse? Mm -hmm. Are they afraid realistically the husband's going to be left behind all all wife's attention is going to go to the baby Mm because that's very realistic sure um i was i liked being the i was i grew up as the baby child paul was the firstborn i liked kind of being his baby so i probably was the one in that role i didn't i worried about the attention being shifted yes i wanted to be paul's baby i knew i never would be anymore that and so And I didn't grow up thinking how maternal I would be. Mm -hmm. So, you know, what was the fear? And then is there a fear of just not having the freedom that you've gotten used to? And realize that not all the fear is going to be known. You know, not all the uncertainty is going to be understood. It's going to be, you know, it's very possible you'll have conversations with your spouse as you are discussing this. And as this is unfolding, that you're going to be saying, I have no idea why I'm reacting this way. Right. There, there's some course, unspoken fear. There's unsun, unspoken disappointment, unspoken, unknown, whatever that isn't revealed to me yet. Mm-hmm. And I, cause I can't put my finger on exactly what it is, but it's impacting what's going on. And I don't know what to do with it. Yeah. And there's all that family of origin stuff too. Mm-hmm. You know, did you, did you come from a family with happy kids, a happy childhood? Yeah. And, yeah. So, Let's say then we've come to the place where we're on the same page. You know, the husband and wife are like at least open. All right, we're we're open. Let's start a family. And and so now is the pressure of sex has now lost its romanticism and its eroticism. <laughs> there's, now there's a there's a purpose to it. It's procreation. Well, now we're we're taking our temperature every every other day to find out if we're ovulating, you know, I mean, these are for couples that struggle. Well, well, no, even for those that are really seriously intent on let's make this happen. It sex can become mechanical Mm -hmm. and it's not the nice unfolding romantic romp that that often sex is sometimes. So that's just it too, is, is you have to figure out how to navigate a shifting meaning for sex. I wonder if you have to, what if you just trust the process? What if you say there's things outside my control 
and there's things inside my control. I can't control the outcome. True. That, that's letting go of even attachment if, to outcome. Yeah. That's just like even start making out. I can't control well, where this But is. you still have to be diligent. I mean, if, if you're having sex for the purpose of having a child, you still have to be right. diligent and know yourself more. And that, right. that just benefits the whole process of sex anyway. Yeah. I mean, so you don't you don't have to have a calendar right right there by your bed that is okay, honey, come here right now. You know, because I just checked the calendar. Right. You, know, you check it in the morning. You realize, okay, at some point today or tomorrow, yeah, uh, it's probably a good time to get some sperm up in there so we can see what happens. Yeah, we got some good good get some good swimmers. <laughs> so it, it there's still an idea to knowing yourself and knowing the connection that you're trying to create and you're trying to make. I mean, that's, if you want to go biblical or religious connotation for a little bit, the whole, to me, the idea of two, two becoming one, mm -hmm. that, I think that's one of the references that's going on is it's two making one. Uh, making a new one. Yeah. A totally new one. That's beautiful. And so you're trying to create something. I mean, you're trying to perpetuate you. Well, that was a big player in my marriage because when we got married, you know, we moved to Europe. I was away from everybody and we were suddenly we were at war and I didn't know if I was going to see my husband again. So I thought, well, I want a piece of the rock here. If, <laughs> no, if my husband has blown up. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, there's something beautiful about that. I think if you can focus on this whole making love and, and, and that you're, build creating a a love child out of a yeah. love relationship and okay and if you're talking about the idea of it's well it's time you know it's time to have yeah. sex i'm guessing the implication there is that the woman is the one that's more interested in the time than the man is I, I, that's think. an assumption so right. it would kind of lead to think that maybe the guy's not as interested you know or right. he's going to be reluctant to have sex which Whatever. I don't know how to answer that one because <laughs> never mind. Um, but it is one of those that if, if the woman is the one that now has shifted desire, you know, right. she's now become the high desire partner in this instance, you mm -hmm. know, for those months that, you know, cause that's what happened in my marriage when we were mm -hmm. with our firstborn, it took, I, I think it was seven months of, of being intentional to try to have a child. Yeah. And so, for those seven took months, how many months, seven. Wow. Well, from the time that Pam went off the pill to where it was like, okay, let's let's if it when it happens, it happens. It's kind of the philosophy we took, and right. then after a month or two, because we kind of figured, oh, it'll be instant. You know, that's what I think everybody thinks. First time we have sex, after, mm -hmm. unprotected, we're gonna have have a child. And, that was me three <laughs> times for three. <laughs> well, see, because there, there you go. That's why we believe this. Um, exactly. So after the first couple of months of just, you know, continuing life as we had, but being a little more intentional about the purpose of sex and the meaning behind it, it became a little more, okay, let's figure out cycles, let's figure out this, and let's let's get more intentional. And then, you know, after several months of that, it was, okay, now this is, and so we noticed a couple months, and probably five months into it, six months into it, we noticed it had, it had turned mechanical. You know, sex really had exactly. turned mechanical. That it was all about, yeah. okay, you need my sperm. All right. Yeah. So that's that's a big turn on, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Come on here. Tab so, A into slot B. Right. 
so it was one of those month seven, if I remember right, actually did change to where it was just back to, okay, we are two people that love each other and enjoy this. So let's enjoy this. That right. Let's just make sure we do it among, let's, let's be wise in, in the timing of when we enjoy this, <laughs> but, mm-hmm. but let's enjoy yeah. this. And that's what produced Sydney, you know, my oldest. So it, it's one of those that it, it can be mechanical because the second, you know, Will, my son, was mechanical <laughs> because we followed the how to determine the sex of your baby, you know, uh. idea because we wanted a boy. And so I'm I'm a researcher, came across, I cannot remember the guy's name that wrote it, but it's 70, 75% accurate on increasing the odds of male or female of what you want by timing and position. And so we followed that script. It was still one of those, I think what we had learned from the first time we realized, okay, this is still a fun process to, to create a child. So let's enjoy it, not just do it all for the purpose of having a child. Yeah, I think so. Enjoy, enjoy the process. <laughs> it's yeah. meant to be enjoyable. Yeah, and, and even if there's an ulterior motive, you can still learn to be, mo- be present in the moment and enjoy the process. You know, you set it up the scenario of, okay, I'm ovulating today, or I know I'm going to be ovulating tomorrow. So tonight I'm going to create something really romantic. We're going to have candles going. We're going to have a nice dinner together. You know, so you just set the stage. You just be proactive to enjoy it. That's the same thing you would do if you're the high desire partner and you're creating a date because you really are interested in sex with your spouse. So you mm-hmm. set up a whole evening or a whole day together where you're engaging and connecting with each other and you're working towards a culmination of engaging sexually with each other or at some point, you know, multiple times with each other. I don't know, but it's the idea of that's something you want to share and create together. That's the goal. And you can do that even following a calendar. Sure. Yeah. So, exactly. So being, staying present and enjoying the process that will help you get there. And then what are some things to know about, you know, how children are going to change things? Well, I mean, obviously you bring another person into your system. And so Mm -hmm. dramatically the first several years changes because, well, first several months during the fog is kind of the way I think of it, (laughs) where the child can't really do anything and is completely dependent on you for their own survival you realize you're going to have to give some things up, but you also get to realize you get to enjoy the benefit benefit of something you've created together. Right. So you get a chance to discover new things, see new things, enjoy each other, become a family. And as part, as far as all I can do is say what worked for Pam and I, and I can Mm -hmm. guarantee you what helped us, navigate the fog with our firstborn was the fact that we became such a team in the routine we followed right that we realized okay you know structure is very important for an infant and a child yeah so we we just kind of had this set routine we followed and one of the things that we did because she was born in may you know her birthday's Mm -hmm. coming up in in a week Mm -hmm. that we walked every night that entire summer. We put her in a stroller 
and we went walking. And largely, you know, Pam was the instigator of that because she was trying to get rid of baby fat and wanting to get yeah. exercise and move around because she knew with postpartum, which she had, she knew exercise would help alleviate some of those hormone imbalances. Right. So we would just get out, and it wasn't exertion exercise. It was just walking. But you were together. But we walked every night together. That's cool. And we and usually 30, 45-minute long walks, sometimes even longer, yeah. depending on how Sydney was doing. You know, if she was – because she could then take in things and see things, and we, would yes. just, and we were loving watching her while we're walking. But then it was also just a chance for us to just talk and be together. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't just about Sydney. It was about us, too. And then we'd come back and get into the routine of putting her down for bed. And then we'd have a little bit of time together at night and repeat the next day. <laughs> I know. Isn't that funny? <laughs> That's, that is so cool. Um, Dr. Gunsberg, in his study of whatever over those decades with his hundreds of couples, says that um, in 70% of the marriages, it is – a Little the couples report that it having that first child was traumatic, not in a good way. Right. So so for seventy percent, it's it it is tough, and for thirty percent, it makes them closer. Mm-hmm. And so, well, thirty percent just said it was great, you know, and half of that said it made them closer than ever. So those are the things to study, like like Corey's saying, spending that time having the routine together. That's really good. Well, and also to know that the reality is it's going to be disruptive. So you've got to be realistic going into it that when I'm going to have a family, I am choosing to alter my system. (laughs) I am choosing to alter my life in a big way. Because kids, I'm sorry, kids do not deserve to be born into something where they're just cast aside. That is total, that's neglect. That's abuse. It's totally inappropriate. I, I do believe kids do not become the center of your world. <laughs> no, you I know, They are not the culmination of you and your yeah. family and take priority over everybody else and especially yourself. No, they need to adjust to you and your desires and your plans and et cetera. So that there's a harmony and a balance that has to be struck. But... It is something you've got to realize going in, and this is a no-brainer to everybody that has kids. It dramatically changes your life, but typically after you navigate a little bit and kind of get your bearings again and reestablish a new norm, you realize it just enriches your life. Oh, man, I think so. It strengthens it. It, Yeah, it grows it. It, it, And, you know, this is one of those things to parents, when you live it, you understand it, and if you don't, you you got no clue. You know, you just – so – yeah. I'm not going to try to go there too much, but it is something you got to realize going in. What's your motivation for having kids? Is it because right. you're supposed to? Is it because everybody else did? I mean, I know one of the questions that was asked by our listener was, what do you do with the pressures of, well, everybody's having kids in our little cohort. Mm-hmm. What do we do? Because Pam and I faced that. Sure, we actually had to move that. down a cohort. In, so a, in our circle are most of, of your friends younger yes. than you? That ha- oh. we, are, we are the veterans <laughs> in our group, mainly because we've been married the longest Right. in our group of people. All the right. people that were in our little cohort, and this is our church group because that's, that's sure. our main group of friends that we have that are couples. Yeah. But mainly all of our friends that are our age or that I went to college with, that mm-hmm. they have kids 
that are in middle elementary, junior high, mm-hmm. high school yeah, my, even. like mine. Uh-huh. Yeah, high school even. Yeah. And if they do have kids that are the same age as mine, they're their youngest. Yeah, exactly. So their youngest is the same or close to my oldest, which allows yeah. some great, you know, yeah. reconnecting. But largely our group that we run with now is the next group that they all went to college five, six years after me. Yeah. You know, so I'm the old guy and we're the old, you know, married couple that are just crotchety and, you know, so we get made fun of, but that's all right. We got some, we we got a chance to give back. Yeah, that is very cool. Ah, good. And, you know, expect, practice self-care. I think as moms, we just feel like in the beginning, we, we don't have a good handle on, on the whole self-care and yeah. trying to get rest. And so, yeah, yeah, I agree. And then it's keep awesome. in, and then keep in mind your first love. Yeah. That, I mean, I, I think that's a practical tip of keep in mind your first love of your spouse, that the two of you were together before that creature came into being. Yeah. Even if that creature came into being the very first time you ever hooked up, you still were together sure. before that creature came into being. So realize Kids, you know, my kids hear this from me quite a bit. You know, your stay with me is short, so plan accordingly. (laughs) So, because I want time with my wife again, you know, uninterrupted, where I don't have to close and lock the door, where we can just wander around however we choose and wear whatever we choose or not, Mm -hmm. and not have to worry about little little eyes around. So that's one of those things that, I, I, I try to keep that in my mind all the time that I love my kids. I love the, I love the spending time with them, but I also realize they're going to leave me and that's healthy and appropriate. Mm-hmm. Right. I think our kids, that is something they've always really appreciated too, is seeing how much their parents love each other. Yeah. So, and when yeah. you're not on the same page with your spouse in this mm-hmm. arena, okay, welcome to marriage. We're not yeah. on the page on a majority of things. <laughs> but just because you're not on the same page doesn't mean you totally disagree. If you totally disagree, well, that's some that's some discussions that need to take place. Right. Because it's not at all appropriate in my mind for, let's say, the woman wants kids. He mm-hmm. is adamant against it, so she does something sneaky. Like she goes off the pill. Right, without letting him know. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you want to say, I mean, what I could see it totally being appropriate that you're the female. Okay, Gina, let's say you and I are married because it's pretty okay. obvious we're not married to each other. Right. That if you are all of a sudden like, okay, I'm di- I'm dying to have kids, but I know yeah. I'm married to somebody that's not. So you just come up and say, you know, look, I'm tired. I want to have kids, so I'm not taking responsibility for prevention anymore. Mm-hmm. It's on you. If you don't want to have kids, that's on you now. I'm going off the pill. I think that's a fair <laughs> thing to say. And then it's up to him to have to address that and deal with it. That's just you taking care of you. Right. That's good. You know, in our case, I told Paul, I've got this on my heart. I think we should pray about it. If it's time to start a family. Yeah. So we prayed. You know, it was cute. The next day, Paul goes, I said amen last night, but my heart was beating 100 miles an hour. <laughs> <It was> cute. <laughs> <laughs> the very next month we were pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> it was cute, though. But that's oh just, that's God. those are the discussions that you know right. marriage can't you can't prepare for these you have to just mm-hmm. live through them exactly you know you just you just be real you be authentic 
you be open, you realize I don't have all the answers, I realize I'm not going to get my own way all the time, I just want you to know where I'm coming from, I just want you to know what I think, I want you to know where I'm wanting to go, what I want to create, I want your feedback, and then we'll figure it out together, I mean, that's, that's a bonding experience right there. Yeah, it's cool, so, I'm pro family. (laughs) Well, yeah, I mean, kids are great. I, I enjoy them, but you have, you have to realize yeah. typically I'm going to alter my life and I'm willing to accept that. Yeah. I'm willing to make things a little more difficult for me. <laughs> I would just say if I could do it over, I would wish I could do it without the scarcity mentality that I had. It wasn't the children's fault that I was stuck in scarcity. Yeah. And so then I saw myself as, oh my God, poor Gina. I don't work anymore. I stay home with these four babies and I was not that pleasant. And so, man, that just goes back to the mindset stuff. Really feed your mind on the abundance. There's more than enough. There's a million ways to make all the money that you need. Mm that you have everything you need already. So whatever you do, don't get caught up into scarcity and thinking that there's not enough. Yeah. And, it, and if I were to do it over mm-hmm. and, and we chose to wait like we did and I would do that again, Yeah, we would have vacationed a whole lot more before we had kids though. We didn't understand right. the importance of getting away together before kids. I mean, we, we, we had that probably about five years before we started a family. So we had yeah. seven years. We could have been seeing the world. <laughs> we went to Paris with my belly out there. Yeah. And I would have, but, I would have yeah. gone back and done that differently, I think. of Hey, babe, we are figuring out a way to do an extended trip to wherever. You know, we're going to see as much as we can. You didn't, even with all that time? No, we didn't. We were idiots. That was back when we, well, we were young when we got married and that was back since we moved away from family, seeing family was important. Oh, so that was your vacation. So our trips, our Ah. trips were to go see family and to go to family functions. San Diego. So at least going to see family was in a cool city. Yeah. I married a woman from Kansas. God bless Of course, that's where I was from too. So (laughs) that's all right. But it, that was one of those things where. To us, the importance was seeing family. And then finally something shifted to where it's like, no, let's go to the beach. So we did that. And then from then on, yeah, you know, traveling away together has been a priority. And we take yeah. our kids with us. We still travel. I mean, that's a huge part of our life. But it's one of those looking back, I would have gone to Europe. Yeah. I, would have, I would have seen, I would have gone to Hawaii. I would have done sure. some different things and figured out a way to make it happen when we were young and without kids both working well and then if you can afford it take a nanny with you on your family trips and make sure you have your own room we yeah. always have our own room we don't do any of this we all share one oh yeah room. yeah that's important <laughs> anyway you you just figure out a way to go and okay yeah. kids you're on your own you know yeah you got some time because you can also time. go to places that have kid functions absolutely so it, it doesn't have to dramatically alter your life when you have well, it kids will. it will but it can also improve it. Yeah. Because every area can be improved. I mean, no matter what, whether we're talking about kids or not kids or mm-hmm. money or sex or friendship or commitment or mm-hmm. passion, all everything can be improved. That's what we want for you. It's what we want for our own marriages. Yep. We want to see things better. Absolutely. And be better. Well, this has been Sexy Marriage Radio. I know it's felt like we're just talking kids today. <laughs> but... <laughs> 
I'm convinced the better you can have sex, the better your kids will be that are a result of it. I don't know if that's <laughs> yeah. true. So I don't, you know, I don't have any research to back that up, but it sounds like a good way to end this show. So get better at your sex and have a better family. This is Dr. Corey Allen with Gina Paris. We're glad you joined us. We'll see you next time. Bye, everybody. Come see us at sexymarriageradio.com. Let's talk about